It's game day, and this is the home of Scottish football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good afternoon and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Celtic and Rangers go into cold storage until tomorrow following their European exploits. Today it's table toppers hearts looking to keep up their 100% record when they host surprise package Livingston. And Oren Kearney teams up with Gus McPherson for the first time and goes on the road to Hamilton Ackies. That's just a flavour of what we have in store this afternoon. I'm Gordon Duncan joining me in the studio, Gordon DL, Mark Wilson and Hugh Keevans. On a day of industrial strength, pressure and tension, I would say, everywhere you look, Gordon, go down the list. Hearts, Livingston, can it be six in a row for Hearts? 18 points, top of the league, way out in front, or is it a banana skin? Hamilton against St Mirren. Getting a point off Celtic is all very well for Oren Kearney, but this is a game where he's expected to get points. Aberdeen against Motherwell, Aberdeen nine points off Hearts. Would look good on the old record if that were to be 12 points after today. And Dundee against the Hibs, Neil McCann. Six defeats, not six winless, six defeats on the bounce. A seventh, and he'd have to be under great pressure. Speaking of which, Alan Archibald, Patrick Thistle, Queen of the South. They are four points off second top, Patrick Thistle, but three points off second bottom. And that's where the tension and the pressure lies for Roger Hanna today. Mark Wilson for Celtic and Rangers. This is where the reality kicks in. This is where Thursday night leads to Sunday afternoon and you have to handle playing different styles, different teams, perhaps resting players, rotating players, and at the moment, watching on on a Saturday afternoon as Hearts try and strengthen their claim at the top. Yeah, Gordon, I don't think it's ideal for any of them. I know it comes with European football, but speaking personally as a player, I like to play midweek on a Tuesday and a Wednesday and then get the game done on a Saturday morning or Saturday afternoon. I don't think either will like it, and especially, like you say, when Hearts are so far ahead, they can go eight points ahead of Celtic today, ten ahead of Rangers... I mean, that's a big gap early on in the season. And I know they've got a game in hand to come tomorrow, but still, it's a big gap to close. So, all eyes on Tynecastle today to see if Craig Levine's side can keep up this good run. Gordon Diel, a lot to look forward to this afternoon. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I think the, the eyes will be in Dens Park. I watched uh, Dundee last week against Rangers. I know that people didn't expect them to get anything. Uh, but they were all over the place, Gordon. They didn't look organised. They were a poor side. Neil McCann was very lucky to get out there 4-0 down. I don't want to see him to losing their job. I think two managers are under severe pressure already with only five games. Um, you look at Neil McCann at Dundee and Hugh touched on it. Roger Hanna today is at Partick Thistle against QOS. <laughs> and um, it's going to be with Dobby and I know that he's talk about him every single weekend here. He's a threat. And if Alan Archibald had to lose that, would he lose his job? I think he would. So it's going to be a real interesting afternoon. Okay, let's meet the top team all around the grounds this afternoon. You can where to start, take your pick because it's big games everywhere. Let's check in with the league leaders first of all, shall we? Hearts up against Livingston. Andrew McLean is watching that one at Tynecastle. Yes, good afternoon from sunny Tynecastle where of course it's first against third as Hearts take on Livingston. And not only that, it's the battle of the 100% records as well. Craig Levine, five from five in the league so far this season. Well, Gary Holt, well, he's won all three games since taking over from Kenny Miller at Livingston. Something I'll have to give today though. It'll be interesting to see who out of these two surprise packages can keep it going. Six in a row would be a phenomenal 
phenomenal start for Hearts, wouldn't it? And it would put real pressure on Celtic and Rangers who don't play until tomorrow because of Europa League commitments. But Hearts will be without one of their main men today, though. Uche Ekpiezu, he misses out altogether with a knock. And it's three changes for Hearts today. Out go Ekpiezu, Jim and Morrison. In come McLean, Whiten and Garuccio. So it leaves Stenex Lamal in goal. A back three of Michael Smith, Jimmy Dunn and John Suter with Dimitri Mitchell, Ollie Lee, Stephen Naismith, Peter Herring and Ben Garuccio across the midfield with Craig Whiten and Stephen McLean up top. The substitutes Doyle, Bozanich, McDonald, Mulraney, DeCamona and Morrison. As for Livingston, well they're unchanged for this one by change a winning formula. Liam Kelly in goal. A back three of Declan Gallagher, Craig Halkett and Alan Lithgow. The midfield five, Stephen Lawless, Scott Pittman, Sean Byrne, Keegan Jacobs and Ricky Lamy. The two up top, Scott Robinson supporting Dolly Menga. The substitutes here, Stuart, Cadden, Kaja, Saunders, Hamilton, Lawson and McMillan. I thought it was a fantastic uh, story last year because they came from absolutely nowhere to, to get promoted. And uh, their budget was small, they, they've really got a good uh, work ethic and, and togetherness and... You know, obviously Kenny came in and he's away and, and obviously Gary's now manager's won three games in a row so obviously they, that uh, work ethic and, and team spirit is still obviously very much to the fore. You know, we have to be very careful that we, we don't get carried away and start thinking that, that we, we can win matches by just talent alone. I think the work rate needs to stay in the team and that's the most important thing. Hugh Keevens, a fascinating match-up. The league leaders against one of the surprise packages so far. At the start of the season, there was Ikpiatsu and Kyle Lafferty for Craig Levine to choose up front. Now, Lafferty's gone to Rangers, Ikpiatsu for the first time out injured. The burden of responsibility for goals then falls upon Stephen Naismith. Good luck to Hearts with that because... He has the broadest shoulders of all right now, Stephen Naismith. He can score for his country, he can score for his club. So mm. it's up to Naismith and Stephen McLean to make the difference. I think Hearts can get 6 out of 6. It's a test, Hugh, though, for Hearts now because that it comes with any team that's trying to mount a challenge is the use of their squad. And Craig Levine said he has added to the squad and he's happy with them. It's now time for them to step up though when the big players are out like Ike Piazzo mm. for McLean to step, step in and fill his shoes. Certainly a big game here in Glasgow and the West at the Hope CBD Stadium. Mark Guidi is looking ahead to Hamilton against St Mirren. Yes, you're right Gordon, it is a big game and of course for the new St Mirren boss uh, he will want to build on the result that they had against Celtic in his opening game. But he plays against a Hamilton, Aki's team who sit just below uh, St Mirren in 11th place in the league ball just have one victory this season out of the opening five games so you know expecting something to happen today but not a lot of goals I wouldn't imagine gone because St Mirren have only scored three goals in the league this season and likewise Hamilton but who knows both teams it may surprise us for the home team they go 4-3-1-2 it's uh, Gary Woods and goals sorry it's 3-4-1-2 Gary Woods and goals at the back Matt Kilgallen Sean Want and Scott McMahon in midfield Dougie Emery Darian McKinnon Scott Martin and Aaron uh, McGowan and Stephen Boy just off the front to Mikael Miller and Frederick Brustad on the bench uh, for Aki's Ziggy Gordon Delphine Tishembe Rakish Bingham James Keatings Tom Tayo Sam Kelly and sub-goalkeeper is Ryan Fulton for St Mirren they go 4-3-1-2 it's Craig Sampson in goals Paul McGinn Anton uh, Ferdinand Jack Baird and Lee Hodson at the back in midfield Stephen McGinn Ryan Flynn and Hayden Coulson and it's Ryan Edwards just off Cammy Smith and Danny Mullen on the bench for the buddies it's Nikolai Brock Madsen Jordan Kirkpatrick Matty Willock Cameron McPherson Ethan
Martin Erahan Cameron Bradenar and the sub goalkeeper is Lewis Muir and today's referee in Lanarkshire is Greg Aitken So Martin Canning up against Oran Kearney let's hear from both managers They were disciplined well organised played with enthusiasm and energy that we need to go match on Saturday and they'll take from that because we took from the Celtic game as well but we lost the game when you perform well and you know you've you've put in a good performance you can get a lift from it so we know they'll come here with a bit of belief and we need to make sure that we're ready for the game The real good thing about this year is we've brought in players that are enthusiastic they're hungry they're desperate to do well it's all new to them it's exciting it's, there's a freshness about it as well that we that does take a little bit of time to obviously get, get up and running but there is a freshness and enthusiasm I think you don't want to get to that point as well when you're not creating that challenge and not going to be changing and, and, and bringing in new faces to keep it fresh and it becomes a bit stale mundane and you end up paying the price for that so I think this season we've done what needed to be done We knew on, on the second half on, on Friday night it was going to get tougher we knew they would come even stronger and I thought the resilience that the players showed and I thought how how well disciplined they were from that point of view and just overall their work ethic and, and how much they put into it it was it was, a, it was a brilliant performance by all of them but as I said on Friday night that's you know the bar set now and it's so important now that we that we chin it every week yeah they're a good side well organised and I know there's a new pitch that's gone down there as well I've watched quite a few videos this week of them and, and they've some you know very handy players so um, it'll be I think coming off the back of this one and I, and I mentioned it to the guys on Monday morning that there can't be a hangover and there can't be a you know the back slap and stopped on Monday morning and, and that, that passed you know on Monday and it's so important now that we prepare correctly and make sure that we're ready to go Gordon DL for both sides these are exactly the types of games that you're looking to try and pick up points in Oren Kearney it's all well and good playing very well against Celtic and they did and they got the credit they deserve but, but these these are the, the bread and butter if you like yeah this this will uh, decide whether you stay in the league or not when you play teams like the Dundees St Mirren's Motherwell's St Johnston's that finished bottom uh, six last season um, so it's going to be a difficult game uh, the guys will tell you it's played playing against Celtic at home with a new manager is quite easy because you're up for it you're excited it's a full house you're against uh, you're against quality opposition so you're a little bit better I think when you go to places like this not going to be the greatest crowd in the world us you know the fact that Hamilton with a new pitch I think it's going to be difficult for St Mirren this afternoon I do believe Hamilton with home advantage and I know the form's been terrible I think Mark will get a good game and I think Hamilton will win it The big news is that the magician who was brought in to the St Mirren dressing room before the Celtic game has disappeared and <laughs> it'll, be, it'll be up to the St Mirren players to conjure up a performance at Hamilton today and I think they will and I think they'll go Do you think St Mirren will win at Ham yeah, Hamilton that, today? I, I think that this guy this guy Warren Kearney looks and sounds to me like a smart operator from one smart operator to another Fraser Wishart is watching Dundee against Hibs at Dens Park a lot of focus on Neil McCann in particular Fraser that's what a start like this will do to you as a manager uh, lovely link thank you very much Gordon but uh, you're absolutely spot on there's a bit of pressure on Neil McCann today because uh, not only have they got no points from five league games at the bottom of the table uh, they've also had a, a heavy defeat here at home to Air United in the League Cup which I saw and they have problems at home their home form because they also lost to Dunfermline in the group stages of the League Cup so it's understandable that uh, there's been speculation around Neil McCann keeping his job but I think he does enjoy the support of, 
of Chief Exec, John Nelms, who certainly believes in him. But as we all know only too well, it depends on how the fans react. And should they lose again today, then I think there will be a reaction from, from the supporters. But a win, on the other hand, today changes things dramatically because in their next few games, they've got Hamilton Ackies, they've got Kilmarnock, then Livingston, games where they, they, they think they can get the points. So I, I think a, a vital day for Neil McCann and for Dundee. But of course, they've got a tough task against this very free-flowing Hibs side as well know entertain every week and they've had a good start to the season they're always a side that scores goals and I think they'll enjoy this excellent surface here at Dens Park it's a, it's a wide pitch so it's their style of play because they've got pace in the right areas and the wide areas the likes of Boyle and Horgan and balancing midfield of power and the creativity of Malin and Camberry and others are strikers who are, who are in good form so a fascinating day here at Dens Park and I think one thing's guaranteed we'll certainly get goals teams for uh, Dens Park Dundee make a three changes after last week's defeat at Ivers one of which of course is Kenny Miller who lost his appeal against his red card suspension to go with Alec Parrish in goals Cammy Kerr Andrew Boyle Ryan Innes and Calvin Miller are the back four midfield four of Adil Nabi, Cal Madianga Chris Kamara and Elton Guatala with Paul McGowan just off the main striker Benjamin Kalman subs for them Jack Hamilton Darren O'Dee Jean Allison Mendy Jesse Curran Lewis Spence Matt Henry and Cammy Dow for Hibs it's 4-2-3-1 Adam Bogdan's in goals a back four of David Gray Effie Ambrose Paul Hanlon and Lewis Stevenson Mark Milligan the new signing from Australia the captain of Australia starts in midfield for his debut with Vinkitas Slipka with Martin Boyle Stevie Mallon and Daryl Horgan behind the lone striker Florian Camberry Ross Laidlaw Stephen Whitaker, Ryan Porteous Marvin Bartley Thomas Agiapong Emerson Heinemann and Ollie Shaw are the subs and the referee today at Dens Park is Andrew Dallas Let's hear from Neil McCann It wouldn't matter who it's against as long as it turns you know that's what we're all looking for but yeah I think the, I said there the results against Aber- Aberdeen when you look at the face of it have been poor as they have been with Hibs but the, all the games have been very close, you know, uh, the odd goal here or there. So um, nothing changes in terms of your opposition. We went to Ibrox last week, knew how difficult it would be, and we lost two early goals, and it become a much more harder task. But against Hibs, we have uh, given the boys enough information. Uh, I'm happy with uh, how we're shaped up. And um, again, like always, it's up to the boys when they cross the line to go and make things happen. Up against Neil Lennon today, of course. Well, I said to the players this morning that put yourself in the players at Dundee shoes. Would you be motivated? Do you have your professional pride? Will you play for the club and the manager? And they all went yes. So I said, well, you're going to come up a, a highly motivated team. Forget the other results. It's um, if you look at some of the performances from Dundee, they've been good. So we can't take this game lightly, or think we can just roll in and, and roll out again with the three points. We're going to have to earn it and earn it the hard way. We've left the players under no illusions how difficult the game's going to be. Like I said, you know, before we look for instant gratification these days, you know, we're only five games into the season. After 20 games, then you can have a real look at it and say, well, they've got a fight on their hands or they look like title contenders or they look like the champions. Let's get teams from Pataudry. Dave Galloway is watching Aberdeen against Motherwell. Thank you, Gordon. Well, uh, Motherwell visit Pataudry for the first time since November last year and a repeat performance would do very nicely for them with the Steelmen enjoying a 2-0 triumph on that occasion. The league form so far has been stuttering with one win, one draw and three defeats, but the well will come here with the confidence that if everyone is on the game, they can be a match for any team in the Premiership. Aberdeen have also made an inconsistent start to their campaign with just one win in the league and to improve on that record today they'll need to be physically strong tight in defence and sharper up front and as Hugh has alluded to even at this early stage of the season they really don't want to fall any further behind the leaders let's run through the Motherwell team um, they make uh, three changes this afternoon in come Elliot Freer, Connor Salmon and Liam Donnelly, out go Chris Cadden, Andy Rose and Kurt 
Curtis Main. It's Trevor Carson in goals. At the back, Richard Tate, Carl McHugh, Tom Aldred and Peter Hartley, uh, Liam Donnelly, uh, Gail Biggery-Mana, Alan Campbell and Elliot Freer in midfield. Up front, Danny Johnson and Connor Salmon. The subs, Gillespie, Taylor Sinclair, Cadden, Bowman, Grimshaw, uh, Turnbull and Maguire. As for the Dons, no fewer than four changes for them. James Wilson comes in to start his first game since his arrival on loan at Aberdeen from Manchester United. Sam Cosgrove is also in, as is Mikey Devlin and Dominic Ball dropping out of the starting lineup. Stevie May, Chris Forrester, Stephen Gleeson and Max Lowe. So it's Joe Lewis in goals across the back. Shea Logan, Mikey Devlin, Scott McKenna and Andy Considine. A midfield four of Gary McKay, Stephen, Dominic Ball, Graham Shinney and now McGinn. Up top, Sam Cosgrove and James Wilson. The subs for the Dons today. Charney, Forrester, Gleeson, May, Campbell, Anderson and Lowe. And your match referee is Nick Walsh. Here's Derek McInnes. I think we're used to winning, you know, so we totally get... I mean, a draw feels like a defeat here at this club now, so... And there's nothing wrong with that. But, you know, I think each draw in isolation, you know, a draw against Rangers, a draw away at Easter Road, we lose a late goal, a draw at McDermott. Each result in isolation isn't a bad result. But when there's that consecutive draws in, in a short period of time, then I think then it, it, the perception is that we need to be winning more games. And we do. There's no getting away for that. But there's no way we've not been before. But for a couple of seasons where exactly the same points mark at this stage. So once the team settles down, we find our way, and our still players find their way about the club, I'm pretty sure we can get winning performances. Yeah, in- injury will, will probably dictate a little bit, but um, that's that's why we've got people in. You know, we, we've got a, a squad, I feel, uh, a good squad, a stronger squad than last year, and it's going to be used to the full in the next three games, or three very tough games. I think in the opening seven games we've played the top five from last season if we include Aberdeen in this and Kilmarnock then it's um, it's been a tough start for us but you know we we could uh, you know we're very close to getting in the semi-final one game from a semi-final and if we can take anything out of Saturday we'll be delighted I thought in our final third was probably where we just lacked a wee bit of ideas um, a wee bit of invention so it's something we've looked at some we'll work on some crackers in the championship today as well. Roger Hanna is looking after things. Partick Thistle against Queen of the South. Yeah, and the big news at the Energy Jack Stadium at Firhill this afternoon. Gordon, is it a turn to the starting lineup for Stuart Bannigan? His first start in over a year for the Jags. Horror knee problems he's had, the lad, in the last couple of seasons. He hasn't started a game since the 9th of September 2017, a Premier League game here against Ross County. But he's back. One of two changes by Alan Archibald. The Jags lost 3 2 at Inverness last week. It was a result that relegated them into the bottom half of the second tier and led to even more speculation about Alan Archibald's future here. But he's brought back Bannigan and he's brought back the talismanic striker Chris Doolan. So they'll go with Cammy Bell in goal. It's a back four of Christy Elliott, Niall Keown, Sean McGinty and James Penrise. Then Bannigan and Craig Slater in midfield with Blair Spittle, Chris Erskine and Miles Storey behind Doolan in attack on the bench. Sneddon, Melbourne, Fitzpatrick, Jeffries, Ketongo and Boyo Mutombo and in Twambe. As for Queen of the South, well, they're only three points off the top after an encouraging start to the season. It's seen them lose only one of their first five championship games, and that included a hard-fought point at home to Ross County last weekend. Gary Naismith is stuck with that same starting 11 from last weekend. Alan Martin's in goal at the back. Scott Mercer, Michael Doyle, Callum Semple and Jordan Marshall. Across the middle, Andy Sterling, Kyle Jacobs, Josh Todd and Gary Harkins, and up top, Lyndon Dykes, and of course, our friend of the show, it's not Lauren Shanklin, 
it's not Rory McAllister, it is of course 20 goal Stephen Dobie on the bench Layfield, Watson, Murray, Bell, Frizzell, Norman and Harvey and the referee at the Energy Check Stadium at Furhill this afternoon, Gordon is John Beaton As you right up to speed with team news then ahead of our featured matches, some absolute crackers to look forward to and we're going to get all the guys involved as we look back on an interesting night in Europe for Celtic and Rangers, that's coming up next Clyde One, Super Scoreboard Gordon DL, Mark Wilson and Hugh Keevans are here with me, Gordon Duncan in the studio this afternoon, we've got the top team all around the grounds, looking after the following featured matches, Hearts against Livingston Hamilton St Mirren, Aberdeen Motherwell, Dundee Hibs and in the Championship a cracker between Partick Thistle and Queen of the South, it's actually written down in my sheet here as Q-O-T-S Mark Wilson, I won't even remind no, you of no, that, that's haunting no. you, that beat the pundit answer from a few months ago That's his sad take as well, this is true What is your nickname, Mark? Right, I did say we've got the top team all around the grounds Let's bring them all in We've already looked ahead to the games this afternoon And we will continue to do so But let's look back overall Mark Guiri, sum up for us Thursday night From a, a Scottish perspective in Europe Brilliant, an absolutely brilliant start I was on the programme Wednesday night Gordon, I fancied Celtic I didn't fancy Rangers But um, to come away from, from Villarreal With a 2-2 draw Having been behind twice Just shows the, the resilience that's there The, the belief that's there And um, you know, Stephen Gerrard Has clearly got something And he's got his players playing for them They're organised And uh, they never know when they're when they're beaten, what they got to start doing now domestically, I know they're at home tomorrow against St Johnson, they start winning away from home and when you do that, then you have a proper chance of becoming champions and for Celtic, it was laboured as we've come to expect this season um, from them, but they got there in the end and in Europe as we all know, as long as you win that, that's all that matters and to do that in their home game was, was good but there's just something not clicking into place for the moment at Celtic. Yes, they're getting clean sheets, which is always encouraging, and um, I like the look of Benkovic, but uh, middle to front, there's, there's, there's clearly a spark missing that has to be addressed quickly. Uh, I think statistically, Mark, Celtic had the better result. After all, they get three points, Rangers got one, but stylistically, Rangers had the better performance, albeit confined to the second half of the game against Villarreal. They were terrific, and Scott Arfield came within a whisker of getting Rangers a 3-2 victory against Villarreal no Scottish club ever having won against them in Spain so Hugh I, I, I understand what you're saying but I disagree with you a little bit in the, the fact that I thought Rangers got the better result I know you're saying Celtic were at home I think a lot of people expected them mm. to pick up the three points and they achieved that it was a hard work but they achieved it and well done to them I think when Rangers were in Spain on Thursday night Nobody gave them a chance. I think that's a valuable point oh, they've sure. picked up. Listen, so I think they've got the better result. Gordon, Celtic need to win all three games at home because it's unlikely they'll get anything in Salzburg or in Leipzig. They have to go to Norway and get something out of Rosenborg. Uh, and 10 points may be enough to get you out of the group. So it was a vitally important result for Celtic. They owe it to Lee Griffiths. You'd be perplexed as a Celtic supporter to look at the back pages of today's newspapers and read Brendan Rodgers 
uh, alluding to the fact that Celtic are a shadow of the team they once were and also that the, the slump might continue all season well, I think what sort of, that word I mean what, what slump I mean yeah. Celtic are, are in the I Europa League and have just won let's give Celtic a bit of credit here because we're right in saying and Brendan Rodgers has come out and said that Celtic aren't as good as they were last year but still they managed to find a way to win now that is a good side if you're not playing at your top your maximum level if you can find a way to nick a goal in 86 minutes and keep the door shut at the back it's it's still a positive thing now remember six weeks ago we were saying Celtic were a shambles at the back they were terrible you know they can't keep clean sheets now they've got that sorted and when you get that sorted you give yourself a chance when you've got guys like Lee Griffiths so I mean I know the Rangers result was a positive one and good for Scottish football but Celtic got three points in Europe. That's still yeah, but, that's but still you're, missing the, you're missing the point. Everybody, I I think that everybody fancies Celtic, especially at home, Mark. Yeah. Nobody expect that. Choose right. If Celtic are going to qualify here, their home record has got to be good, and they've got off to a great start. And I totally agree with you that people are saying, you know, and Brendan Rodgers. I'm very surprised that Brendan Rodgers come out and saying that. Celtic are still going along well. Yes, they're not. The only game I've watched Celtic now, I really thought, oh, they're right on the ball here, was against Rangers. Rangers. You know, but when you look at that point that Rangers have picked up in Spain, I think that's a far better point. I don't think we really have to compare the results. I mean, I I don't really see the point that they're two very different games, different sets of circumstances. Roger Hanna, you, you won't be surprised to to hear you know when you look at social media on last night's show everyone's accusing Hugh of being negative towards Celtic but to be fair to the old timer every call we had was a Celtic fan you know wanting more from their team wanting better how how did we get to this stage with Celtic where there still seems to be so much frustration despite actually winning a game in Europe well Gordon this is one of the things that's going to make this Europa League group campaign great because every Friday and Saturday and probably Sunday and Monday all the callers, all the supporters are saying, our result was better than your result, no it wasn't, yes it was, and it, 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 we're going to compare and contrast results, of course we are I think what's happened in Thursday night is it's something to build on for both teams there's a lot of work still ahead if you look at the results that both Salzburg and Rapid Vienna got in Thursday night they will be very difficult opponents for the two teams on match day two but t- to answer your question about Celtic we got here because of what Brendan Rodgers said time and again wasn't a satisfactory transfer window. I think, you know, it's dangerous for Celtic or any other team to try and rest on their laurels. Yes, terrific, historic, back-to-back trebles. They've been absolutely sensational domestically. Two Champions League group campaigns prior to this season. But they didn't have a good window. And it doesn't matter who you are. You always need to try and build from a position of strength. Celtic didn't build from a position of strength this summer. And that's why, as Brendan Rodgers says, the team looks weaker, particularly at the moment, going forward. Fraser Wishart, in terms of the bigger pitch, now I'm not daft enough Fraser to think that we can convince all Rangers fans to cheer on Celtic and vice versa but in terms of that old coefficient it was a nice night and if you look at the campaign coming up we've actually got a chance to really boost our standing in Europe if it continues like this Yeah and I'm watching Hibs today who did their part uh, this season because for so many years um, it's it's been Celtic on their own before that it was Celtic and Rangers but now Hibs did their part and almost qualified for the group stages as well and and I was looking online last night at some websites that calculate these things and I think we're sitting provisionally probably at 21 at the moment from 25 at the start of the season people might say it's boring it's dull but it's, it's not because if we get up to about 15 we might even have a chance of getting a second team in the qualifications for the Champions League so we're not going to do that <coughs> pardon me we're not going to do that this year 
but the, the countries around us, we've got a really good chance of getting up to maybe maybe 18, something like that, and another good season next year. Who knows where we're going to be? And that all helps because it means that the, the champions go in at a later stage. We might get an extra team in the Europa League. Uh, we might not be starting Europe in, in June. It might be in this, this, this the last stage of July. So all very important. And, and I thought it was I thought it was terrific the other night. You know, maybe not cl- greatest performances by either team. You know, but. Rangers ground it out, Celtic did exactly the same and uh, no, I don't expect Rangers and Celtic fans to support each other but no. uh, the rest of us in Scottish football, we have to want the, both those teams to do really well and if one or both could qualify from their group, you know, who knows where we could end up we, at the end of the season, so live, a lot of positives this week Hugh. We live in a parallel universe Fraser as you well know <laughs> and the Celtic fans would be distraught if Rangers came out of their group and Celtic did not yeah. and the Rangers fans would be distraught if Celtic came out of their group and Rangers did not. Uh, in my own defence, Gordon, I would say this to you that what I said in the programme last night about Celtic is what Brendan Rodgers is saying in this morning's newspapers. It's the law of diminishing returns for Celtic. Mm. Brendan Rodgers' first season, Celtic dropped eight points, scored 106 goals. In Brendan's second season, Celtic dropped 32 points in the league and scored 40 goals less than the season before. Now, Brendan is talking about players who have been to the well maybe too many times and that's why the transfer window was a major disappointment for Celtic they needed extra cover up front and they needed McGinn and didn't get him let's hear from Brendan Rodgers I think it was a great win in relation to our spirit in the game our persistence to keep going right to the very end you know when we're playing against a Rosenberg team that's from when we last played them they've won nine games and drawn two so they come with a real high level of confidence they surprised us a little bit but once we, we found the balance in our our game to defend well against that. We started to come into the game and uh, some chances in particular on the left side in the first half. But without being at the top of our game, we kept going and that was what I asked the players after the game last week. You know, we have to find a way, especially if you're not fluent and, and not playing as well as you would like, you've got to find a way to win because that's why we're here and, uh, and the players did that. Five clean sheets in a row as well, which is good. So uh, didn't have a shot on target against us. So uh, we'll take the three points and, and we're really pleased. For me, it's very important, our performance level. It's not just about winning. You know, we have a way of which we like to, to win. You can never score the perfect goal all the time. Uh, and if that's something that we're searching and looking for, then that's not going to happen. When you're not in the top of your game, if you can then defend well and score the opportunity that comes, then you accept that. On Twitter at Clyde SSB Stephen says I'm sorry Celtic completely outplayed And beat the team who parked the bus And never managed a shot on target Only in Scotland uh, Would a win in Europe Be downplayed Mark Weary and I think we're well versed On what Celtic Could have done better yeah. Oh Gordon sorry just he, I need to go The fire alarm has gone off And the has been evacuated <laughs> okay, It's the best news you've heard all day <laughs> Honestly I need to go No no we're back in We're fine Oh you're fine oh, no, Right no, okay. we're, we're back in oh. So oh, you're back out Right I'll give you a couple of seconds To, to square up that situation uh, Roger Hanna We've heard a lot about What Celtic should have done better And we'll hear more of this Griffiths or Edward wait what did what did Celtic do well? Who who stood out for you? I'm thinking maybe I saw Benkovic getting a lot of praise, Kieran Tierney. Yeah, ben, listen, Benkovic looked decent. Um, he's going to look decent. Leicester paid 11 million pounds for him, I think. So he's he's going to be a good player. Tierney again excelled. Griffiths, he came on and scored the goal as he said after the game. He can't do any more than that, and he needs to keep doing it. I think that was only his fourth goal since January. So all the furore about him being left out by Alec McLeish, being left out by Brendan Rodgers. The best response from Lee Griffiths is to do what he did on Thursday night. Come off the bench, 
and come alive in the penalty area to reach that knockdown from Dedrick Boata and score what is going to be a crucial goal for Celtic going forward because, as you said, they need to win their home games. Three home wins, you would think that would have one foot into the last 32 for them. Interesting to see who starts tomorrow at Rugby Park, whether it is Griffiths, whether Brendan Rodgers again perseveres with odds and Edward. There's no one charmed. Does that mean a start for Yusuf Malumbu back down at Kilmarnock? Uh, there will be rotation. There's a League Cup again next midweek. There's Europe the week after that. So there will be plenty of opportunities for Griffiths and the like to shine, and Griffiths needs to shine. Mm. Uh, Fraser Wisher, from a Rangers perspective, what would be the the obvious positives then you were along the lines of Kyle Lafferty scoring that important goal maybe even someone like Andy Halliday all of a sudden his sort of comeback into the team to play in such an important game yeah and I, and I thought Barisic a left back was outstanding again and young Glenn Middleton coming on and just showing a bit of life and a bit of spirit that young young lads give I, I think Stephen Gerrard will look at the first hour and he'll, he'll be saying to his players they need to show a bit more belief because I, I did think that uh, they stood off they were a bit frightened to open up against Villa, Villarreal but uh, when, they, when they got the goal after an hour and they could have been a couple down by that point the last half hour I thought Rangers played really well and it looks as if they could score goals all of a sudden Tavernier who was cautious in the first half of going forward starts to break forward and create these chances that he can do Barisic on the left as I, as I said Arfield who, who was quiet in the game then, then sprung to life as well and just to get a point at Villarreal you know a Spanish team that qualifies for Europe is a very good team because we know how, how high quality that, that, that league is and to score two goals away from home I just think Rangers in general this year they're far better they look stronger they look far more organised but going forward there's just a wee bit of lack of belief I think a lack of maybe belief to commit themselves and throw bodies forward once they get that then, then they'll, they'll certainly improve but uh, they'll take a lot of positives they must get a huge lift confidence wise every single player that played and easy for me to say Fraser because I'm sort of looking at it from the outside but from my perspective nice to see you know Rangers turn to a young Scottish player like Glenn Middleton to give them a spark and Celtic doing the same with Mikey Johnson yeah absolutely and, and Kieran Tierney again being, being the best player in the, in the park as well so the Scottish players are, are, are doing, doing themselves proud and, and you see youngsters getting a chance it's also something I, I bleat on about in, in this show as well as the lack of opportunities for, for younger players but uh, clearly Stephen Gerrard has got a lot of faith in Middleton and he, he worked hard defensively as well to help Barisic but his ball for, for the goal for Barisic's cross to Lafferty was absolute top quality and, and when you bring in young lads they bring a difference to a team. You know, when you get older, you tend to, to play much more in a safety or take a safe option. Youngsters just go for it. And if you get Johnson, you get Middleton and others who will just get the ball and go and try and create something. What a difference it makes to your team. There's a life about your team as well. Two of them are outstanding. Just before we move on, Mark Weedy, all okay with you? Last we checked in, we could hear the fire alarm. Well, I think, I think we've still been told to evacuate, but we've been assured that, that it's okay, that, that we can right. stay put the supporters around as well. The players are still out on the pitch warming up. Yeah, okay, well, we hope that's it. I can listen to that. The alarm's still going off, Mark Weedy. There we are. Uh, right, that, I think we'll park that debate for now. I'm sure we will get back to it. We'll build up to the three o'clock kickoffs next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors, a team that gets results every week. Talk to Thompson's.com. Less than 15 minutes to kick off in big games all around the country. Gordon DL, Mark Wilson and Hugh Keevans are here with me, Gordon Duncan, in the studio. We've got the top team all around the grounds as well, so let's go back round uh, and check in at some of the stadiums this afternoon. Fraser Wisher, back to you, Dundee against Hibs. At the start of the season, Fraser, Dundee got a, a bit of credit for the way they were trying to play in terms of stylistically, trying to get the ball down, trying to, to knock it about. 
is it time that they abandon it all and do anything they can to win? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it doesn't matter how they get a victory. They just have to get one. Uh, I, I saw them play St Mirren's first game of the season. They actually played really well, but they lost 2-1. And then you're thinking, that's not good because when you're playing well and you lose. But OK, you, know, you can live with that one. But up here, two games at Dens that I've seen against Air United at home where they were, they were beating 3-0 going on six. And it was a similar game against Motherwell. The, the team had gone, Gordon, and the confidence had gone, and they were still trying to play it from the back. Senior teams not get confidence, you just have to cut, cut out the fancy stuff. <clears throat> Go back to front and press the game and play in the, the opponent's half. They, they signed Benjamin Kalman, the big Finnish striker, who, who, who played a bare front, he's a big lad. I'm not sure he's, he's going to be the quickest lad around the, around the pitch. They're playing Tim and Paul McGowan, just off him up, up front, so it looks like they're going to go that way, play the ball into the strikers and try and get there. But uh, they'll be a wee bit scared, I think, to open up against Hibs, because we just know what Hibs are like. Hibs just go and try and score goals. And uh, they've got Daryl Horgan, who's impressed me so far, and Martin Boyle, again, very quick in the wider areas. Camberry, Stevie Marlin scoring goals for fun. This will be a real test for Dundee, and, and I actually don't see them getting anything out of it, so then the pressure will just build on Neil McCann. It's a fairly unwanted record, Hugh Evans. Only Dundee, Falkirk and Albion Rovers, the three teams in the yeah. whole of Britain, without any points so far. Well, it's not our job here in this programme to make sure that managers lose their jobs, but there's a simple rule of thumb at work today. Paul Hartley had seven winless games in charge of Dundee. They sacked him. If Neil McCann loses today, it will be seven straight defeats. Six in the league and a 3 nothing doing from Air United uh, in the Betfred Cup at Dens Park, where Dundee were booed off half-time and full-time. So it's a real tough one for him. As I say, it's not our job to make sure that managers are sacked. But if you use the simple rule of thumb... He's under real pressure today. I think sometimes Hugh A manager deserves credit For sticking to his philosophy If he wants to play through the back And pass his way through teams And he sticks to it No matter what happens However I think When you're Neil McCann uh, And it's going the way it is As Hugh just said In terms of uh, The amount of losses and, and the manner that he's losing games He has to change I think you get away with it When you're a team at the top Because the good players always Come good in the end You know they always They always manage to Turn things out Dundee I don't think have got That many good players To just keep passing So I think They need to Go back to basics Just like Fraser said I, to- I totally agree with you Matt I watched them last week You're, you, Everybody's saying I've heard this For the last four games Oh Dundee I've watched them They play good football No they don't They're not good enough They're not good enough It's as simple as that Now they can go back to front Whatever they want Last week I know it was hard to go into Ibrox. It's always hard going to Ibrox and Celtic Park. We, we totally get that. I felt for Neil McCann standing that dugout because it easily should have been six mm. or seven. Uh, Dave Galloway is watching Aberdeen against Motherwell. Quite a turnaround, Dave, for Motherwell goalkeeper Trevor Carson. Stretched off last week, feared uh, broken ankle, dislocation, all the rest of it. We saw the pictures on social media. Uh, looked pretty nasty. Yeah. Um, but he plays this afternoon. He's a very brave boy, isn't he, Gordon? I mean, I, I winced. I had to look away when I saw the, the pictures, but he's obviously made of uh, very strong stuff. They call Motherwell the steel men, of course, and I, I think maybe his ankle was uh, made of steel, but he'll be in between the sticks. And uh, he might anticipate a, a busy afternoon with James Wilson coming in to start his first game uh, since arriving at Aberdeen on loan from Manchester United. He'll be desperate to, to hit the ground running. So that's an intriguing one. How much hope? and or expectation is on James Wilson up there Dave to be the man because I think everyone knows Aberdeen really need a, someone to, to bang the goals in don't they? 
Yeah, they certainly do. There's a lot of hope and expectation uh, sitting on his shoulders, Gordon, and he's he's going to have to have uh, broad shoulders. It looks like he'll be up front with Sam Cosgrove uh, today. Uh, Stevie May, um, you know, good player though he is, he's certainly not, in my opinion, a, a, a lead striker. He's not a guy to lead the attack. When he did so well for uh, St Johnston a good number of years ago, he obviously had uh, Stephen McLean as a foil up front, so he would have been better as part of a front too, but James Wilson, certainly a lot of expectation will be on his shoulders. Be very interesting to see how he will handle it. A lot of expectation, of course, simply because he's a Manchester United player. Uh, Andrew McLean is watching Hearts against Livingston, and in doing so, Andrew, you're arguably watching the informed striker in the country in Stephen Naismith. Nine goals in 11 games for club and country this season. Yeah, it's an incredible record that he's got this season, and he's really settled into this Hearts side because his goals record when he joined uh, on loan in January last season, he he wasn't that prolific but something really seems to have clicked this season and of course it's clicked for the whole Hearts team and he'll maybe there's more of a burden on his shoulders today because they're without Uche Ekpiezu who's of course that big focal point that they have up front and the thing with Stephen Naismith as well he's been playing in a deeper role for this Hearts side a lot of the time he's got two men in front of him those two men today young Craig Whiten who's coming in for his first start and Stephen McLean's in there as well so Stephen Naismith he's not only up there getting the goals but he's linking up the play he's doing the dirty work in the middle of the park and it'll be interesting to see today if he can break down this Livingston defence because they've got three big old-fashioned centre-backs at the back there it's uh, Declan Gallagher Craig Halkett and Alan Lithgow they've performed a you, you know they've formed a really good backline there over the last couple of seasons they've done really well Hamilton didn't even manage to get a shot on target against Livingston last season so it'll be interesting to see if he can win that battle up there today Thank you to Andrew McLean now we had a false alarm going off at the Hope CBD Stadium there's no, no danger whatsoever no problem everyone's told to stay where they are Ah, that sounds good. It's gone off, Mark Guidi. Yeah, it has. Uh, that was about 15, 20 minutes there, Gordon. We were being told to leave. Everything's OK. Everybody's safe and well, which is the most important thing. And the teams will be coming out shortly. A lot at stake here today. You know, you look at that's at Mirren. They want to build on that positive result that Oren Kearney had in his, his first game there in the 10th spot and four points in Hamilton. Uh, a place below them and a point um, behind them. So, uh, home advantage. I heard the boys speaking earlier. Seems to be mixed opinions about who's going to win this one. I fancy Hamilton Aki is actually on their own turf. Um, I just think when people start ruling um, ruling them out, uh, that is when they actually come good, and uh, I think Hamilton's going to win today. And of course, Gus McPherson watching on now, new technical director at St Mirren. So that was Mark Guidi watching that one. Last and certainly not least, the Energy Check Stadium, Partick Thistle against Queen of the South, Roger Hanna. Roger, how do you go about stopping Stephen Doby exactly? Well, you've led me to my statistic of the day, Gordon. 12 games this season, Stephen Doby has scored 20 goals. In 12 games this season, Partick Thistle altogether have scored 19 goals. So uh, you can tell the importance for Niall Keown and Sean McGinty at the heart of that Thistle defence this afternoon in suppressing not just Doby, but Lyndon Dykes, who plays up front with him, is a very good foil for Doby in attack. Queen of the South will be quietly pleased with the start they've made this season. They're only three points off the top. It is quite a congested top to the championship table. In fact, Thistle themselves are only five points behind Inverness, Cali Thistle at the top, and would go above Queen of the South with a home win this afternoon. But home wins haven't been guaranteed for Alan Archibald this season. He's gone back to tried and trusted today. Chris Doolan back up top. Chris Erskine, Miles Story, Blair Spittle in behind. 
and crucially today Stuart Bannigan back in that midfield as we said at the top of the show his first start for Thistle in more than a year and Alan Archibald will be desperate for him to be able to influence things in, in, in the midfield this afternoon as always Roger you can spin stats any way you want you look at Partick Thistle's record recently four defeats and one win in the last five that obviously sounds terrible you delve a bit deeper one of them was against Celtic expected uh, and won in the Challenge Cup at East Fife I'm not saying it's okay but I'm sure most Thistle fans would agree that that competition's probably not their priority so it's, it's perhaps in the next four or five games where we're really going to find out what this Thistle team are, are made of and, and where they're likely to be this season Yeah I would agree the League Cup the Challenge Cup even the Scottish Cup when it comes around none of them will be important to Patrick Thistle this season Gordon all that's important is to get back to the promised land of the Premiership after last season's relegation they've certainly got the personnel you even look down onto the bench they've strengthened Jai Katongo signed for them he's in the bench so they've got options there they just need to try and find a run of form because I think if any team in this league be it Thistle be it Inverness be it Ross County Dundee United the, the team that can string together an unbeaten run of 10, 12, 14 games they'll be the ones that go up because there's not much to pick in terms of quality between any of them it's going to be about consistency OK, thank you to Roger Hanna uh, that just about rounds us up I think a couple of minutes to go to kick off our featured matches this afternoon Hearts, Livingston, Hamilton St Mirren, Aberdeen, Mullerwell Dundee, Hibs and in the Championship Partick Thistle against Queen of the South the kickoffs are coming up next Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Great results for Scottish accident and injury victims for 40 years. Brendan's on Twitter at Clyde SSB. He says, ask the guys their thoughts on a great documentary last night oh. on Tommy Burns, Hugh Evans. I'll give you the serious bit first and I'll give you the funny bits. Um, when Tommy died, I was doing the breakfast sport on the George Bowie programme. Uh, when Tommy passed away and so I broke the news on the radio and I said at the time this is not about the death of a football hero this is about Rosemary Burns losing her husband and it's about four children losing their dad and when I watched the, the programme last night which was an hour and a half long and truly excellent and at the end of it I still thought first of all of Rosemary Burns because she has borne the greatest loss of all for 10 years. And nothing that any of us say about her husband will make that burden any lighter for Rosemary Burns. So she gets my thoughts and, and my best wishes. Then I thought, I remember the night that Rosemary and Tommy were sitting in the house, our house, and Janet decided to tell the story of the exotic bird that landed on her head in Dalmuir Park. <laughs> Okay. Now, why does an exotic bird flying about Darmuir Park? I have no idea. But she's got the two kids, we had only two kids at that time, they're in the pram. And Tommy's listening intently. He was such a polite man, Tommy. He's listening intently. And he didn't want to laugh because he thought, if I laugh, Janet might think that I'm being cheeky and she'll take offence. So every time he was dying to laugh, at it, he put his lager shandy up to his lips every time. And he was choking into his lager shandy and the bubbles are going up his nose and his face is getting redder and redder he's, all, he, he's almost asphyxiating but rather than have Janet think that he was laughing at her the exotic bird a man appears from the bushes with a big net and he throws it over Janet's head and the two kids in the pram are going berserk and she's led away by this man in the net so that they can get the bird and get it into some cage or other that Honestly, Tommy Tommy was beside himself. 
So he's such a lovely man and we had so many great nights with him. And, you know, the other night when we went to the East End and uh, Tommy gave me the famous line about Thomas Burns diplomatic immunity because I said to him, you're not going to leave your car there, Tommy, surely. And it, and it was brand new car, he bought it the day before. And we came out after a very, very good night in the East End and they tried to rip the car door off. Somebody with their bare hands had tried to rip the car door off. So Tommy said, no, no, I'll still drive you and Janet back home. So Tommy is holding the car door on with his right hand. He's driving with his left hand. Rosemary is changing the gears in the passenger seat. <laughs> and this is how we, I said, Tommy, if we're stopped, how does this look? But And you would have been in no help at all because you no, can't drive. No. So, so, but that was him, Hugo. He called me Hugo because I worked for one of the posh papers at the time and he thought that Hugo sounded better for a man in one of the posh papers than Shug or Hugh So that's the kind of guy he was. Uh, anybody who knew him just loved him to bits. Celtic play for Marlott tomorrow. The only two teams that Tommy played for. Celtic and he had a couple of years as a player at Kilmarnock before becoming manager. So in the 51st minute, Tommy was 51 when he passed away. In the 51st minute, I hope the supporters of both clubs applaud and reflect and remember and be glad that they saw him play. After the action, it's your reaction. 0141 951 1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboards Open Line Hugh Keevans, Mark Wilson and Gordon Diel are here with me Gordon Duncan on today's Clyde One Super Scoreboard but it's time we heard from you really 0141 951 1025 what's on your mind? maybe you're still looking back on Thursday night's European exploits maybe you want to talk about Celtic and Rangers tomorrow or perhaps more pressingly you've been at a game today you've seen something you liked you've seen something you didn't like and you want to share it We would love it if you do 01419511025 It's full time Hamilton and St Mirren Here's Mark Guidi Full time Hamilton Aki's 3 St Mirren 0 And a convincing and deserved victory for Martin Canning's team They now go from 11th uh, this morning Up into 8th place And for St Mirren They arrived here with only 2 wins In their previous 26 visits to Aki's Well it's now 2 and 27 And today they were absolutely hammered they didn't force the Hamilton goalkeeper Gary Woods into a save of note in the entire 90 minutes and it was convincing for Canning's team. They took the lead in the 36th minute. Mikael Miller broke up the party, picked out Stephen Boyd. Boyd's shot was drilled across the goal, parried out by Craig Sampson and there was Freddie Brustad to hammer it home from four yards out. It was 2-0 um, after Jordan Kirkpatrick brought down Dougie Imry. That was in the 38th minute. Mikael Miller stepped up and with his left foot he hammered it to Craig Sampson's left hand side, the goalkeeper got a touch but he couldn't keep it out of the net in the 65th minute it became 3-0 it really was a stroll for the Lanarkshire men, Mikael Miller, lovely left foot drive, 23 yards out and it came off Samson's left hand post and just over the line, Stephen Boyd almost made it 4-0, his shot crashed off the crossbar and really in the last 10 minutes or so the Hamilton fans it was so good for them, they were shouting ole, ole, ole as our players kept possession and gave Saints the run around full time at the Hope CBD Stadium Hamilton 3 St Mirren 0 Hamilton Aki's fans you've had some frustrating afternoons but you must be absolutely delighted with that and buddies what do you make of it it all looked so good the point in Oren Kearney's first game against Celtic crashing back down to earth today 0141 well it's a major result for Martin Canning 
back to the drawing board for Oran Kearney. Uh, but at the other end of the table, Hearts, what a mess they have made of it today. They had it all in front of them. They even had a penalty, which they failed to score from. And uh, they have dropped their first points of the season when they had a golden chance to to put some clear blue water between mm. them and you-know-who in Glasgow. Marco is a Celtic fan on the line. He's in Wrexham from Glasgow. Hello. Hi, Marco. Hi, guys. I'd just like to make a couple of points if I could. On you go. Um, Hugh made a, a comment earlier, um, and I, I listen to Hugh all the time, and I agree with a lot of what he says, but he's, he's got a bit of a downer in Ronnie Dyler all the time, because any time his name comes up, it's always how much Brendan Rodgers is better than, 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 than Ronnie. Now, I don't disagree at all in terms of managerial ability, because obviously uh, trophies, stats don't lie. But I can tell you one area where Ronnie Dyler so far has got a better Brendan, uh, uh, record than Brendan Rodgers, and that's in, that's in the transfer market. Because what Hugh was saying, basically, was that, that Brendan has transferred Ronnie Dyler's signings. Yeah, but who signed those players in the first place? And look at the players that... That, that, that they were every single one of them almost was a great success you know and some of them have gone for big transfer fees like Stuart Armstrong etc now if you look at some of Brendan's signings like Doris de Vries Comperer Gamboa Musonda Johnny Hayes there's a lot of players there that are not Celtic class in my opinion or were badly judged um, I mean what's happened with Daniel Orzani for example as well there's an awful lot of, of that going on and my second point was basically about tomorrow's game and I think that um Griffiths should definitely come in for Edward because I think Edward, two things about Edward is that he's struggling, I think, to live up to his £9 million transfer tag and also he's not the type of player to play up front of his own. He needs to be uh, with an Alice striker and feed off him. You know? So that's my point, guys. Yeah, uh, I don't dispute what you say, that uh, Brendan Rodgers has, uh, among the, the many great things that he has done, he has signed some players who are quite simply failures uh, and Celtic's wage bill continues to rise and it's just as well that Celtic have uh, I think I remember correctly £27 million in the bank and that's excluding the £20 million that's to come for Moussa Dembele so they are in a healthy financial position but yes you're correct uh, some Poor signings have been made And contributed to uh, A wage bill that is rising uh, But You can't What's happening with who, who was actually the scout When Ronnie Dyla was in charge Because for me He was doing a far better job Than Lee Conger to now um, Marco can I just ask you I wonder though if you're being A little bit selective Because you're right Ronnie Dyla did sign Some very good players And well done to him And his scouting network for that but let me remind you of some of the players that, that Ronnie Dyla also signed. Joe Ingeberge, Mubarak Wakaso, Stefan Skepovic, Nadir Chiefji, Scott Allen, Tyler Blackett. Was that was that the same um Ingerberg, what was his name what was his name again? Joe Ingeberge. Yeah, that, that actually um, put Celtic at the Champions League uh, with uh, Malmo. Um <laughs> do you remember that one? Oh, I remember it, but I, was I, he a good was he a good Celtic signing? I take I take your point, okay, but the thing is no one, no manager's perfect. He's always going to make some mistakes. But what you have to do is look at the balance of what he's brought in and, and what he hasn't. Ronnie Dyla, for much as he's maligned, um, let's forget. The, let's not forget. He was actually a success at Celtic. He won trophies. But I think he's one of the few managers that who has gone from Celtic and left the, the team. Um, not so much 
the club because I think there was a lot of disappointments in Europe. But he's left Celtic with a strong team, you know, for, for and something for the pre the next. Marco, match. I, no, no, I, I think it, I think it runs, you know, beyond the manager. Now you may you touching up by saying the scout scout and Lee Conger and John Park was at the club under Ronnie Dyer and under Neil Lennon. And you think of the success stories, you know, you think of Boyata, Commander Dyla, Armstrong, Denier, Gordon, you know, guys like this, um, Simonovic, Roberts, and Ayer, you know, John Park had a hand in those as well as Wanyama and, and Fraser Forster and guys like that down the line, Van Dyke, John Park was was really at the helm there, you know, advising the manager when he's left and Lee Congers come in. There has been some success stories as well, though. I mean, you think of, you know, Dembele and Cham. Edward okay might have to live up to it a wee bit. Sinclair, I know he's went off the boil now, but for a year he was played at a played at a year and you know terrific. So there's been some successes, but I think it runs deeper than just the manager who's Marco, making the signings at Celtic. Marco, I'd ask you one last question. If you had your choice, uh, who would you rather have as the Celtic manager, Brendan Rodgers or Ronnie Dyla? Oh yeah, of course you've got to go with Brendan Rodgers. You know, obviously, you know, but I, I just wanted to. To sort of, it's a it's a point that that gets missed sometimes. Yeah, but I, you but you've missed it as well because when right, go when, when Gordon uh, read out the, the the list of players, you clearly had forgotten most of them, the the ones that had been signed by Ronnie Dyla and who amounted to nothing. Yeah, but the, the, I, every manager is going to make mistakes as well. That's what I said here, you know. But I, I just think that in purely if you judge if you, if you judge it to, to two managers as managerial ability, okay, then certainly Rogers is, is head and shoulders better. But that, let's not forget that Ryan Dial is a, is, a, is a young guy as well, and that was his first big, big, uh, big job. Brendan Rogers, a young man. Everybody's young compared to you. That's yeah. the problem here. Oh one four one. Nine five one one zero two five. Thank you to Marco, the Celtic fan, on the line. Get in touch. Samirin fans, I know you're back in the car now, so uh, you must have been hugely frustrated at what you witnessed. Give us a call. Get it off your chest. Hamilton fans, on the other hand, you will be delighted. Uh, we've got a few tweets coming in as well. And to be fair, Hugh, I like this because you remember I said um, that waistcoat Willie had been in touch earlier on, yeah. and uh, and he said stop talking about John McGinn. He wouldn't get in Celtic starting eleven. You know, end the story. He's he's back, and he says, wow. Just saw McGinn's goal <laughs> Maybe he could get One or two games In Celtic's first yeah, 11 Pick yeah, it out yeah. there. I don't to, mind listen, that Glad to say Brilliant goal Yeah yeah That's got a lot of season But you know uh, You could be Flippant and say Yeah but they still lost And uh, You know But the only point I'd make about McGinn McGinn would have made A difference to Celtic Had Celtic gone about Their business properly And got John McGinn In He would have made A difference to a side That Brendan Rodgers Can now see Falling down in certain areas Because of fatigue mm. And I don't know if the tweeters Well they know lots that I don't know But there's actually multiple tweets here Speculating that Marco is Ronnie Dyla's brother Who's <laughs> on the phone Or brother-in-law Like more than one There are quite a few tweets coming in Making that point But listen It's all about opinions That's what they say isn't it Scott's in Bermullock Hi Scott I must be Ronnie Dyla's cousin then Because I'm going to defend him about as well <laughs> Okay I'll, I'll tell you what it is right I just caught these Obviously they're talking about the, the last call I was talking there and Can I make a quick point to you Before I go to that mm-hmm. um, You're talking about John McGinn not signed for Celtic See the guy that Celtic have signed Malumbo He's a similar type of player isn't he It's as if Celtic have missed out on John, John McGinn Or we'll go for Well he we can get him for nothing We'll get him Similar type of player Energetic Gets him out the pitch Decent player Good passes I just think maybe that's what it is but anyway, my point is, on Wednesday and Thursday night of the game, it was very apparent that Brendan hasn't freshened the team up and not freshened it sufficiently. I looked at the start in 11, 
when it was sitting a seat before the game, and eight out of the starting 11 players were signed by Rory. Now, think about it. If Christopher Ayer had been fit, he would more than likely have been in the team. He would have come in. He would have possibly had nine players. Now, that tells you that the recruitment policy that we've had hasn't been good enough, in my opinion, and that Brendan has wasted some money. It's okay blaming the scouts, but see, at the end of the day, Brendan gives the final yes or no as far as I'm led to believe. But, but every manager's like that, Gordon. Bringing these guys in, and they're not any better than what's there, then in my, in my opinion, the club's getting worse. And Scott, I can't, I can't understand how you say that When Brendan Rodgers is improving players You look at Dembele for instance coming in He brought them f- from Fulham Improved them and sold them on for a big, big hefty fee That's down to the manager Yes, I totally agree with, with some of the facts that He's not brought in Every player's not been a success Some players you look at and you think Not Celtic class But Brendan Rodgers has brought them in and, and Scott's right, he's got to carry the can for that but every manager's the same. Tell me a manager, even the, the guy we looked at today, Sir Alex Ferguson, he brought in players that wasn't good enough for Manchester United and made the signings. So every manager's the exact same. Gordon, think it this way, right? We sold three players there, and mm. well, we sold two and got rid of one, which was Patrick Roberts. Patrick Roberts was brought by Ronnie Dyler. Stuart Armstrong was brought by Ronnie Dyler. He sold one player at a profit in three years. Having said that though Scott I wonder how much do the circumstances come into this Because I know in, in modern day football We're used to players coming and going regularly but, but Celtic have not needed to rip up the squad at any point Because they've been winning throughout this entire period but the, last, the last two seasons of football has got worse So are you need to rip the squad up? Of course you do Because players get into a, I would say players get into a comfort zone No, I think. Well, but if you missed the point the Scott They've the won back to back trebles you know, well, And then all of a sudden people are People are questioning, okay, they, they didn't play particularly well against St Man. I totally understand that. They've been below par in one or two games. I thought they were excellent against Rangers. But this is a, a manager and a team that's won back-to-back trebles and still and coming that, in for criticism. And, that, and that's the whole point, I think. They have won back-to-back trebles and now some are showing signs of being jaded. And Celtic have a big cast of players who can come in and freshen it up The Ryan Christie's The Malumbu's Whoever you want to bring in The Celtic have got an awful lot of alternatives So I think it's time to freshen yeah, it up the, See where you I, go I think the point and, and I think Scott's making the point You can't stand still Although they've won back-to-back trebles It's apparent that It looks like they've stood still this season yeah. And other teams will improve You just look at Hearts Who have brought in a number of players And have definitely improved Other teams will improve and it's up to Celtic to keep improving. I know they, yeah. I know they had much more last season than the other teams, but you need to keep moving forward. I think the point I was trying to make is maybe we get a bit too hung up on the numbers. Scott mentioned, you know, it was eight players that that, that started the other night that were signed by Ronnie Dyla. It could have been nine. You know, Hearts needed to sign fourteen yeah. players, yeah, oh, no, and, no, and I totally Celtic didn't. That. And look, the the argument for Brendan Rodgers is well. Those nine players He's definitely improved them He's brought them up to the level To win back-to-back trebles So that's what he's done It's not about Oh, the Ronnie Dialist team Well It's like the argument we had before About Oren Kearney Is it his players or not? Brendan Rodgers could have come in and says Oh, that's Listen, these guys are not my players And if we lose You know, it's not my fault But He's coached them and he had double treble winning team. So that shows how good a coach he is, even if his some signings have failed. You know, for example, 
You're now in a position where it's only Odson Edward and Lee Griffiths up front, and one or other or both could get injured. And then where would you be with a transfer window not due to open until January? It should have been obvious that Musa Dembele would have been going in this transfer window. Therefore, a replacement should have been there to be brought in. Thank you to Scott and Barmullock on Twitter. Anthony says Brendan has to start with the same team from Thursday, but with two changes Griffiths for French Eddie and Yusuf for Encham. Both have been off the boil since Musa left for Pastures New. So there we go. Let's hear a bit from Neil Lennon, shall we? Good win for Hibs today against Dundee. You know, as critical I am of the players at times, I have to say that's one of the most complete performances I've had here as manager. It was outstanding. I thought we were lucky not to be a couple up at half time, but the second half performance, the control, the passing, the pace in the team, the quality of the finishing, everything I could have asked for today I got. So you look like one very happy manager at the minute. Every time you went forward, you look like you're going to score goals. There were the guys who were having a shot or were creating, you know. We've got good power in the team and, you know, good legs in midfield. Milligan came in, outstanding debut. And the two centre halves. You know, played very well. Give us a good platform. It's nice to have a clean sheet as well. And I know Dundee have had their, their problems, but you know, it's, I think a lot of teams would have struggled against us today with the the way we played. I wanted a little bit more from them at half time because it was just a final pass or a finish was letting us down. And you don't want to give teams any encouragement. We did that against Livingston and got punished for it. But um, I saw a different side this today, which has pleased me. Martin Boyle, not just the goal, but he gave pass as well for the. The first one, just... he's an outstanding player, you know. And the only thing missing from his games is more goals, you know. There's time, you know. First half, we've got a two v one. He misses the pass, yeah. so he just needs to slow down a little bit if he can. But great pace, enthusiasm, quality for the game is he's been outstanding for me, and he's hopefully going to get better. And then you've got you know Thomas to come on, who's still a work in progress in terms of his physical fitness, but um, you can see what he can bring to the team as well. High praise from Neil Lennon Yeah I mean we've been used to uh, Listening to Neil in this programme uh, Losing his temper uh, Ripping players to shreds uh, If he feels angry But that's honesty That's him saying Yeah yeah, I've done all that in the past But I looked at that team today And I saw a complete performance And they're up to second top in the league They're a good side here yeah. You've got to say And I must admit They're one of the th- the sides that I, I like going to watch I think they're very entertaining They play some good stuff And you've got to say that Neil Lennon's He's what a terrific job mm. You know because he, he's lost Likes of McGinn there to Aston Villa uh, Scott Allen went away McGeoch who I thought was terrific yeah, for him yeah. So he lost a real Three quality players He's replaced them yeah. And they're, they're a terrific side to watch and, and they'll be a dangerous season I think he's a better manager now than he was when he was manager of Celtic. I think he's a well. He's more experienced, yeah. Hugh, Hugh, and you, uh, and everybody will tell you when you get into the job at the beginning, you've got big ideas of what how you're going to manage, and with, through experience you change. You've got to and you've got to find how to get the best out of your players. He obviously he achieved that this afternoon. It's so one four one nine five one one zero two five. Maybe you were at a game today. We'd love to hear your. Uh, your thoughts on what you witnessed Whether it was good, bad or indifferent So give us a call or send us a tweet At Clyde SSB uh, And we're going to hear from some more managers Hopefully Neil McCann very soon after these Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors Great results for Scottish accident and injury victims For 40 years 
Hugh Keevans, Mark Wilson, Gordon DL Here with me Gordon Duncan On tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard We'd love to hear from you So it's 01419511025 You can of course tweet at Clyde SSB Whether it was something that you were happy about today Something that you weren't happy about Or even looking ahead to tomorrow We will take it all And I'm looking forward Hugh um, To hearing from the likes of Neil McCann Alan Archibald Important results Different results for those two today Well Alan Archibald has to be in a very positive frame of mind. Queen the South are a good team and were twice in front at Fairhill. But Partick Thistle had the resilience and the character to come back and win 3 2. So it's a major result for Alan Archibald and should get people off his back, however temporarily that may be. Uh, as for Neil McCann, what can you say? Seven games, seven defeats, six in the league. Air United go to Dens Park in the Betfred Cup and win 3-0 So there is absolutely nothing you can say of a positive nature about Dundee I don't believe that even the, the most cock-eyed optimist Could come up with something optimistic about a team on that kind of run Brian's in Lark Hall, what's your point tonight Brian? Yes, hi panel Hello Hi. Uh, it's just to say I, I believe Rangers are Ahead at this moment in time of where I thought it would be because I knew there was going to be a big turnover. Uh, you know, players, you know, in the summer, then obviously we to contend with, with the Europa League playoffs, uh, Europa League qualifiers. Uh, I wasn't sure where we were going to Europa League, and that's why I think we're ahead, you know, a schedule. Uh, the prestige of being back, you know, in a, a big European competition, mm. and obviously the money that comes with that. You know, it's great, but Stephen Gerrard said something in his press conference yesterday, which to me rung completely true, and that is he is saying that the Europa Leagues are a big bonus, and really it's our bread and butter, the league championship, which is the most important thing, and uh, which is why I believe tomorrow is far more important. Than Thursday was. I think that's a good point Brian makes in terms of a discussion for us. Mm-hmm. Time will tell what what Rangers yeah, will achieve. Uh, we don't know that, but w- would anyone argue with the assessment that they are further ahead than most people thought no, they would no, be? No, I think I think Thursday night showed that they are further ahead. I thought they were disappointed at Celtic Park, and uh, they've reacted from that. I totally agree with I totally agree with Brian the fact that he's talking about um, the league's more important. It is. Uh, they've got a good squad, a big squad Mark touched on it, they can make changes Will they go with two up front tomorrow And really have a go at St Johnston I expect them to win that comfortably mm. uh, But yeah it's uh, They're making good strides And they've just got to keep Progressing, I don't think they'll win the league Gordon, I still think that Celtic Are too strong squad wise uh, but they're certainly playing some good stuff They were entertaining last week I against don't think Dundee And obviously Thursday night was a huge bonus for them I don't think they're further ahead Than what people think I think they're where they should be um, I mean further ahead Well hold on suggest- Alright they get a good result Yeah but did you, but so did, did you about- expect Rangers to make it to the group stages Of the, the Europa group League stages, I've heard, Look I'm I'm more talking about domestically as yeah, well. Yeah, but you have to look at the big picture. They only played in Europe, you know, two yeah, nights well, ago. We can't just cast yeah, that the aside. F- the fifteen new players coming in, Gordon. Yeah, and well, it ta- everybody always says manager. I think he's done time. remarkably well. Yeah, in Europe, uh, I'll agree with that. But I think in the league, the there's an argument that they should still be doing better. Going to Celtic Park to put in a disappointing performance, and then the draw up Motherwell, the draw 
at Pataudry. I know it was 10 men. I just thought they may have, you know, especially away from home against Motherwell, those are the type of games that you need to win. There's only one reason why Stephen Gerrard is here, and that was to stop Celtic getting 10 in a row. Europe is a tremendous bonus. And what Rangers have done in Europe so far this season is remarkable. They've played nine European matches and suffered no defeats whatsoever. We'll get out of the habit of saying this stuff, but I'll say it again. For those who were at Alloa on the night when Rangers were two up and lost 3-2 in the last 17 minutes of the game, they must be looking at nine European matches without defeat and thinking, wow! But Steven Gerrard was brought here because Rangers hit the watershed moment. Enough was enough. Celtic were humiliating them Fives Fours and Threes With ten men the Enough was enough And the club had to get That moment Like Celtic When they brought in Brendan Rogers, And that's why But the question to you is Are they ahead of where Everybody thought I, the, I think they are yeah, Let's not I, forget Let's not forget The money they've spent as well So it's not but, like but, it's but Who do you think will win the league Celtic Celtic Well yeah. have a look at Celtic Against St Mirren You're talking about Rangers Against Motherwell you're talking about Rangers going yeah, to Pretoria. Yeah, should beat. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So I, I think Rangers, especially after Thursday night as well, I think they are ahead. I think they're ahead of, you know, where they, they would probably think we'd be. Thanks to Brian in Larkhall. Partick Thistle fans, let's hear from you because you've been getting in touch recently and you've not been happy, but you won a five-goal thriller against Queen of the South today. Here's Alan Archibald. Probably started the game okay. It's just a, a, the first time in our half. Probably Queen's first time. A bit similar to last week. And we don't deal with a simple ball up and we, we know what we can do and how good he is run about the box um, and we allowed him to do it but we showed great character to come back from it um, a couple of times today um, so delighted for the boys The winner was a, a tremendous strike Yeah it was it, it was and, and Blair's been excellent he's probably not get his goals I didn't actually realise that, that was his first goal last week so um, and all our goals were good even Dolan's goal the way we moved the ball and worked it to get it so um, we just tapped on the lads there that we've scored three wonderful goals today for aspect but defensively we've gave goals away it feels like um, and their second one was a counter attack so if we can just stop the mistakes um, we know we've got guys in the team that can score now Is, is that the thing just keeping a clean sheet at the other end is that just as important? Um, yeah vitally important just stop giving away goals um, we can't keep on coming back all the time last week we nearly came back to three each but other teams weren't working for their goals and that, that's what we felt today as well um, but we showed great character I thought the first half or some of our play was excellent The player might have had a hat-trick as well a couple of good chances second half yeah, no, he did. We, were, we played a little bit deeper. Um, credit Queen South for that. They kept on going, and we were a wee bit camped at times, which was a bit uncomfortable. We looked to threaten the break, and we nearly got that that um, fourth one that hits the post. I know that uh, Banzo's been in the team, oh, coming off the bench last couple of weeks to get his first start. Though after a year out, it's a great moment for him, isn't it? Yeah, no, I looked delighted for him. He came on last week, and he's brilliant. He's such a popular guy, and he's such a good player. And that's probably how we won the probably influential in possession of the ball in the second half because he started to tie on fatigue. So. Delighted to have him back um, It's a different team With Stuart Banning And he's a fantastic midfielder So here we are Air United 13 points Top of the league Partick Thistle 9 points 4 points off The top of the league So You're inviting Partick Thistle fans To call I would invite the Partick Thistle fan Who hung up Last week To call back Because he hung up Because we wouldn't say That Alan Archibald Should be sacked straight away He's 4 points off The top of the league Have the courtesy or have the courage of your convictions to come on and say you still think you should go, or have the courtesy to say you might have been premature. So one four one nine five one one zero two five. We've got Craig on the line who's a Falkirk fan, one of only a couple of sides in Britain still with zero points. When's it going to happen, Craig? Hopefully next week, but I'm very. I think the board should go. 
Jeg tror, at på har sagt din prøvelsen i sommer, men det drættes på det for mig. That goes back to what, what we said about St Mirren that, yeah. that, 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 Listen, Ray McKinnon knows this If you become manager of a club You simply have to work with what's there But Craig's very right Paul Hartley signed 16 But Ray McKinnon players. must have been confident That he of could course. do something Because he was sitting it's top of the league with him. It's, a, it's the board The, no, the board should be The board should go the board, Why should the board they're, they're go? Nothing, they're doing nothing for the club but They don't put they, nothing money in the club They're the manager 16, 16 players, players. I but how many how many would that be three contracts three transfers on one player? There's still wages in, involved in that as well, Craig. And uh, I, I totally but understand your frustration. The fans pay the money, so we deserve a say in our club. We should. It should be so you on. should decide who the manager is, or the board no, should go, I, or whatever. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying so that. So you're not entitled to say then. The, the fans should. Well, so if it wasn't for the fans, it wouldn't be a Falkirk. We put our money in. We pay season tickets. We go home and away every single week. And we watch that dross every single week. I, I don't deny. Not, I don't that's deny, not good Yeah, I don't deny that uh, supporters of Falkirk or any other club are the lifeblood because they do pay their money, whether it's uh, fifty thousand at Ibrook, sixty thousand at Celtic Park, or however many uh, at Falkirk. But can I just ask you this: Who runs the club then if you've sacked the board? The fans. That doesn't work. How do you? How do you? How does it not work? Well, it works in Spain. Box. Well, it can, Hugh, to be fair. Yeah, we've got clubs in this country that move towards that model. But what structure do you envisage? How do you go about... Who who decides which fans should run the club then? Back to Bairns or whatever. whatever anybody. But, anybody better than what they've got just now. But anybody, anybody is just a, an idiot reaction answer. You need structure. The football club has to have a structure. I, I don't deny you the right to say the board, in your opinion, are not performing well enough. But you need a structure. You need to have in place a plan. Do you have a plan? Craig, let me ask you what in particular went wrong today then. Let, let's talk about today's game. Today, just, there's, there's, not, there's no fight. Marcus Haber, I would send him back to Dundee. The goalkeeper, Leo Fazan, you can see why he never made it at Celtic. Useless. It cost two goals last week. It cost a goal today, and just it's just sickening me going watch a club. I've been supporting Falkirk, but I'm 32. I've 35 years. I've been supporting Falkirk. That's the worst Falkirk team I've seen. Honestly, it's going to get to the point. Has there, has there been no going. difference from the change of manager? Has there been no reaction then, in your opinion? Well, the first half last week at Ayr was good. Then 50 minutes of the second half, it was just total went. I think Ray McKinnon is the man But he needs to get a day Day for his gods now oh, That's got to be That's got to be the most difficult job He's gone until job. January But yeah. if it can, if, To me I think We're on our way down this year I'm well, sad to say I think we're going down this year Well you're certainly Not got off to the best start Craig And uh, you're right The manager will just need to work With mm. the players to January Thank you to Craig in Falkirk Let's hear from another Craig Levine this time Big sense of frustration um, firstly, I thought Livingston's game plan was uh, executed really well. They sat deep, waited for us to overcome it, and then tried to hit us in a counter attack. And had a couple of opportunities when they did that. Um, we uh, we frustrated me rather than, or or more the sorry than, than Livingston did. You know, I think that the things we've been doing really well, which is moving the ball quickly from side to side, um, delivering good quality into the box. And finishing the chances when they came our way, those things were 
have been evident in all of our matches this season, I think. So it was frustrating today that we didn't get it. Uh, although we still should have won, uh, in all honesty. But um, there's a bar, a, a post, yeah. and obviously the penalty miss that speaks for itself, doesn't it? Yeah, and we had, we had other good opportunities as well. And we had, even more importantly, we had, uh, we had opportunities to make a good final pass or a good cross that we, that we squandered. Um, so that's the frustration, uh, and it's just based around today's performance. The rest's fine, good. Is that the type of game, though, that you need to win with everybody's expectation, or you, there's no expectation in your part? No, there's, a, there's an expectation to win all our matches at home. Our home record is, uh, is exceptional, actually. So yeah, we're frustrated and disappointed that, uh, that we didn't get all three points today. Uh, we didn't. I was going to say we didn't do enough. We, we did enough to win, um, and some things didn't go our way. Kenny the Jambo from Airdrie is on the line. Kenny, your assessment? Disappointed, uh, disappointed, but we had chances. I mean, you know, what I mean the bar twice, miss a penalty, couple of chances that maybe should have been taken. But I, I think uh, it was Ben Hugh said earlier that it was. Uh, I get you. I get you with that. Hugh, it was a, an opportunity missed, uh, but like I said weeks ago, I think this is going to be a very tasty league this year. It is, Kenny, and uh, you know it's, it's great to see. I mean, uh, tonight Hearts are top and Hibs are second. And don't mention natural order, Kenny, for heaven's sake. But uh, you know that that's great. Um, but it is an opportunity missed. It really is, and I, I, you know sometimes fate just kicks you in the teeth. And you know they've, they've had the penalty. I, th- I think hit we're doing bar. Livingston a disservice, you, because it's not like Livingston are sitting bottom of the league. They're third. No, they're third <laughs> they're in incredible. the league. They're, and, and they're, they're three on the bounce. So they've they've gone there with a lot of confidence. Yes, you, you had a little bit of luck just listening to the report of the game. But Hearts do that as well Hearts when they go to Ibrox and Celtic Sit in and try and hit the counter I suppose the bigger the bigger picture Hugh And listen it may well turn out to be a missed opportunity But regardless of what happens with Celtic or Rangers tomorrow Hearts will end this weekend Three points at worst Clear at the top But the number of times Craig Levine said frustrated In that piece that you've just played there He knows it was there the, the six mm. wins in a row The opportunity was there for him Kenny there's only one thing now Levine must go <laughs> <laughs> Kenny you would have backed Stephen Naismith Wouldn't you The form he's been in From the penalty spot Albeit a good save from Liam Kelly I, I Definitely But the goalkeeper As you, as you said uh, he, he, The goalkeeper's got a job today as well I think uh, Losing big uh, in Pixie, But And And the, the you know, there's a couple of sort of shifts with Berra being out and a couple of guys coming in. You've got to take a wee blip now and again when it happens. And I, I, th- I think Hearts are, Hearts are still doing well. And it's good to see up the, the, Edinburgh, the Edinburgh 2 and the uh, West Lothian Livingston at the top of the league. Hey, we'll, we'll all be talking like you soon, Kenny. Good response there from Kenny the Jambo. He's still happy to see his side at the top of the table. Still time for you to get involved. 0141 951 1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Get the result you deserve. Talk to Thompson's.com. To the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard, Mark Wilson, Hugh Keevens, Gordon DL are here with me, Gordon Duncan. There is still time for you to get involved. Pick up the phone or send us a tweet. We can look back on today's games, we can look forward to tomorrow's games. Uh, you are the boss in that respect. So I'm hoping to hear from Neil McCann before the end of the show as well because uh, yet another. 
disappointing defeat How many is that on the bounce for Neil McCann? Seven Seven Six in the league, one in yeah. the Betfred Cup And a heavy one at home today 3-0 against Hibs So I'm hoping to hear from him very soon But let's check in with Thomas in Kilsyth first Hi Thomas Hi Gordon, how you doing? Not bad Thomas, what's your Hi, point? Hi Thomas, how you doing? Uh, I've got two points My first point is in Philip Benkovic mm-hmm. I obviously, I've seen him play here Rosenborg, I think, I think he's a breath of fresh air I like the boy And I, I think It's what we're missing I want a good Kind of sturdy Centre half I mean you, um, You're on a, a, a winner there Because You know He's been bought by an English Premier League club Leicester City uh, Who Because they didn't sell Harry Maguire To Man U As everyone thought uh, they've, they've not got any room For Philip Benkovic And that's to Celtic's great advantage Because to me He looks as solid as they come To get an 11 million pound rated centre half For the season I know there'll be a fee involved And wages and all the rest of it But he looks a solid piece of work Yeah he fits apart Certainly when you look at his attributes You look at the height of him You look at the size of him You know physically He's decent on the ball Even at St Mirren when it wasn't his best night uh, the times he took the ball at his feet and he, he's right and you know pinged a few diagonals to the opposite flank to Forrest shows he's got a good range of mm-hmm. passing kind of ticks the boxes you would think so far I know it's only two games in but so far what Celtic needed but looking at two games Mark I think that he looks better more comfortable in the back four mm. rather yeah. than the three Thomas it's always great to have options but does he get in in front of Ayer or Boyata? I hope so, eh, Gordon, because I know Bayata's been playing not not too bad. A lot of the, the wee spot he had, I didn't think he had a future at Park either again, to be honest. Thomas, but, Thomas, Bayata is the best centre half at Celtic Park. By a mile. Yeah, By a I mile. I don't do that, Gordon. I don't do that, but I also think that I mean, the boy is juicy, he's worth 12 million. He's no, he's no mug, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think he'll play the two of them he'll, together. He'll play ahead of yeah. Ayer. You I think, think so? I like Ayer. I think Ayer's good. I've always thought Rodgers gave the impression he was a big fan of Christopher Ayer. Oh, I think he is. But I think when you've got, like you says, the opportunity to sign a guy 11 to what, yeah. 12 million and you bring him up, then he's no, he's he's felt his way in. He's played yeah. two games. I think he'll play in it. Celtic start to the league season has been patchy. Tomorrow, they're away. Not at the back, it's not, though. Well, but. He's contributed at, to that he, Two at, games At yeah. the back At the back They're getting sorted out But The start Has been patchy Tomorrow it's Kilmarnock away Very difficult afternoon And then it's St Johnston away In the cup Now Celtic are The, the treble holders And this Match In the League Cup Betfred Cup Is in defence Of their trophy It's an important match Celtic mm. don't want to lose That treble winner's Status Early in the season So these are important occasions And they are made for Philip Benkovic Ayer He's out at the moment because of illness But Ayer is still very young And being turned into A central defender It's not his natural Same position. age as Benkovic is he not? There's certainly not a lot between them No, I think Benkovic is a bit older But no more than one or two years Anyway you get an £11 million Centre half Not for nothing I know money will Change hands And there will be A hefty Wage packet involved But He looks The finished article Neil McCann Seven defeats On the bounce Not a single point Beaten 3-0 by Hibs today Let's hear from him I, f- I feel uh, That we're working Under pressure circumstances Clearly I'm no 
I'm not going to hide from that. I know we're on a, a real bad, bad run in terms of result, results, so I won't be ignorant to that fact. But um, I'll deal with the pressure, you know. That's, you take a job in management, you have to deal with the ups and downs. I've worked with, every manager I've worked with probably has, has an element of working under those circumstances. Um, and I'm not the type of guy that's going, to, uh, that's going to be frightened of that challenge. You just come into work and just keep working hard. And that's the only thing that I can do, is if I'm doing my job properly, I feel that I'm, I'm working hard. I'm trying to give them every piece of information. I'm getting the, the team that I can use absolutely ready for it. And unfortunately, the guys are just playing with that lack of confidence. I can't give them that. They've, they've got to earn that. They've got to take that. Um, they've still got my belief in them and um, and I'll keep giving them that. I mean, the, man the managing director in this programme not spoke about fortitude and resilience yep. and standing behind people. I mean, mm -hmm. is that something that you would then expect for yourself at the minute? Well, I didn't I didn't read the programme notes, but I have to say the, the relationship I've got with the board has been first class. You know, they've been great. They've always been very supportive and backed us. Um, and then I can just then... Uh, it's a knock-on effect. The players have to have my belief. You know, I brought a lot of these guys here. I know there's been a couple still remaining from my um, my time when I came in at the job. But, yeah, listen, I'll just keep working as hard as I have been doing. Wherever he wants to say in his own defence, he's allowed that. The one vital piece of information we don't have is how do the board of directors, as a unit, feel about the job that Neil McCann is doing? Because you can't go on in this way. Otherwise, you jeopardise the club's future. Plus the fact, Hugh, uh, listen to his interview there, he says, I'm doing my job. No, he's not. Because he brought the players in. He's got to change something to get a result. They've got Hamilton Ackies next week. If he's in the job next week and he loses, I cannot see him survive. I don't want a manager sacked, but I cannot see him surviving. Something's going to change, oh. and it has to be quickly. Nathan is a Partick Thistle fan from Cumbernauld. Happy, Nathan? I am, I am. I thought we did well. Two seconds, Nathan, to try and clear that line up. It didn't sound particularly great, but Nathan was happy going forward. Remember, it was a 3 2 win. Mm. And well, listen, every win feels good, but. Alan Archibald must be pleased with the character because yeah. they trailed a couple of times. Yeah, yeah, especially the the form. Well, you say form, but last week where they go three goals down, and then they kick into life mm. and they come back and they almost, you know, they almost scrape a three three out of that. So, although he would be disappointed with that, he would have still been pleased at the reaction. And again today, similar, they go behind, but his players show that they've got the bottle to to come back for that. Na Nathan, I'm sure you would rather. Not fall behind But it's still nice to see Isn't it That fight and determination To get back into the game And then go on and win it Oh I mean definitely Do you know what I mean It, it, it gives the team A bit of confidence Especially the defence I thought Second half You need to credit The Queen of the South Because As soon as they came out Into that Into the second half They pinned us back The whole I mean The whole 45 minutes it was, We were we were playing For counter attacks And I, I, I personally I thought the defence The two centre halves Were, were pretty strong They threw, they threw themselves In front of absolutely everything and hopefully that that's a bit of confidence that you can take into Dunfermline on Friday night and then kind of just build to there. We needed that result with the definitely big yeah. thing. The, the bottom line here, Nathan, is Partick Thistle are four points off the team at the top of the league. Now, in the mad world in which we exist here, uh, I have to believe that that does not constitute grounds for saying the manager's job is on the line. He's no, four. He's not. four. He's four points off the team at the top of the league. The, the Thistle fans need to 
those who were on here calling for uh, Alan Archibald's head, they have to calm down now and and be realistic and be fair to him. He's four points off the team. Yeah, at the yeah top but Hugh, if, if they lost today, I think he was under real pressure. Yeah. It just shows you how it, it changes quickly. Sure, sure. And Nathan, Nathan's talking about they were pinned back this afternoon. It wasn't about a performance. It was about a result for mm. Partick Thistle. And they now can, you know, try and build on that. The big worry for me looking at Partick Thistle's results, they're losing too many goals. Yeah, if, you're, if you're lucky enough to stay manager of a club when you get relegated, uh-huh. it's always going to follow you throughout the first half of the season. If you lose a few, you're always going when, to get be st- under pressure for the fans who thought you should have went when for st- getting relegated. When Stephen Dobie scored after four minutes... To a man in here We thought Aye aye Here we go And It turns out That Partick Thistle had The resilience The character The passion for the club Call it whatever you like They came back And then they came back again When the Queen of the South Went 2-1 up And they won 3-2 And they're four points Off the top The manager's future Is not a topic For discussion This evening Thank you very much to Nathan The Partick Thistle fan from Cumbernauld That will be our final call of the evening Hugh, it was another fascinating day In the world of Scottish football And plenty more fun and games to come tomorrow as well Listen, number one Hearts Number two Hibs Number three Livingston is a big league in it Ken But (laughs) (laughs) But This is Glasgow Wait, Wait until tomorrow by the way I think on that note we should probably move on uh, Thank you to Hugh Keevans, Mark Wilson uh, and Gordon Diel For joining me, Gordon Duncan, in the studio Thanks as always to the top team all around the grounds They did some good action to watch today Hearts nil, Livingston nil, Hamilton 3, St Mirren nil, Aberdeen 1, Motherwell nil, Dundee nil, Hibs 3 And Partick Thistle 3, Queen of the South 2 In our featured matches Thanks to you, as always, for listening, for calling and tweeting And, what about this? What's better than seven days of Clyde One Super oh. Scoreboard? We are back tomorrow from noon. Celtic first up, then we get to the Rangers game a bit later on. We would love it if you join us and stay where you are because GBX is up next. 